Once completed, the move will position Capital One to compete with major players like JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup in the credit card market. This is Fin Weekly, where I talk about what you need to know in the world of finance and the economy. Please share and subscribe. Today is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024, and up first we have Capital One discovers golden opportunity. Capital One has announced their plans to acquire Discover for $35 billion in an all-stock deal, aiming to become the largest U.S. credit card company by loan volume. As part of the deal, Capital One will pay a 26.6% premium to Discover's closing stock price last week, offering 1.0192 of its own shares for each Discover share. This acquisition is expected to be finalized by early 2025 and marks the largest merger globally this year, though it will be subject to regulatory approvals before it can proceed. Once completed, the move will position Capital One to compete with major players like JP Morgan Chase and Citigroup in the credit card market by reducing reliance on third-party networks like Visa and MasterCard. Looking at the bigger picture, this consolidation highlights the broader trend of large firms in various industries gobbling up their competition. At the same time, the merger may lead to changes in credit card offerings, rewards, and interest rates impacting both individual consumers and the broader global economy. Up next, to hike or to hold? Meanwhile, it's time to hop back on the interest rate roller coaster because this week, investors are reconsidering their expectations for new Federal Reserve actions in the spring, with some, like former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, now speculating that interest rate hikes may actually be on the table within the next few months instead. What? Isn't this the opposite of what we discussed last week? Yes, but hear me out. Despite recent data indicating potential inflationary pressures and robust economic growth, Fed officials haven't explicitly hinted at rate hikes. Still, some investors are hedging against the possibility of higher rates, given the historical precedent of brief rate cuts followed by increases like in the late 1990s. So what can we expect now? Well, extreme volatility may develop in the rates market, leading to fluctuations in things like mortgage rates, loan rates, and saving account interest rates for individuals. Globally, financial markets are likely to experience increased volatility too, shaping near-term investment decisions and trade flows. If ongoing geopolitical tensions continue, shipping disruptions would also result in more substantial supply chain issues and increased costs for businesses, potentially impacting global economic growth and potentially driving inflation even higher. Moving on, let's talk about Home Depot's slumping sales. Now, take this next story with a grain of salt, but Home Depot, often considered an economic bellwether, is facing its fifth consecutive quarter of declining sales. Experts say this is likely due to the reduction in demand for home improvement products amidst higher mortgage rates and a slowdown in construction. Looking ahead, the company expects a 1% decrease in comparable sales this year, echoing ongoing challenges in the housing market. Despite a slight improvement in comparable sales in the fiscal fourth quarter, Home Depot's performance aligns with broader trends observed in retail sales at building material stores. Analysts express concerns over the unfavorable economic environment, but still anticipate a slight uptick in the housing market before the year is over. Home Depot executives acknowledge the pressure on their business and forecast continued moderation. 
Despite all these challenges in the current environment, analysts remain optimistic about Home Depot's long-term prospects. But it's not just home improvement that's taking a hit. Walmart, another reliable bellwether, is reporting positive same-store sales growth, but said they anticipate a softer full-year growth due to uncertainties surrounding consumer spending. Let's talk about China's rate cut gamble. Heading overseas in a desperate effort to support their struggling property sector and stimulate housing demand amidst economic challenges, China has implemented its largest ever cut to the five-year loan prime rate, which is referred to as LPR. Despite this significant pivot, investors remain underwhelmed, sparking conversations about the need for more aggressive measures to bolster the economy. Lowering the LPR is expected to enable cities to reduce minimum mortgage rates, potentially stimulating apartment demand as prices decline. So while this move highlights China's intensified focus on addressing the property crisis, experts are expressing doubts about the immediate impact of the rate cut, citing record low mortgage rates and sluggish consumer borrowing. Further easing measures are anticipated in the coming months, including potential cuts to other rates as policymakers seek to navigate economic uncertainties and stimulate domestic demand. It's no coincidence that the timing of these actions coincide with the upcoming National People's Congress in March, where China's fiscal stimulus and growth targets for 2024 are expected to be revealed, shaping the economic outlook for the year ahead. We will definitely be keeping our eyes on this situation. Up next, Japan's economic reckoning. Meanwhile in Asia, Japan has entered a technical recession and lost its status as the world's third largest economy due to adverse effects of strong inflation on consumer and business spending. Despite this economic setback, Japan's stock market remains resilient. Fueled by changing inflation dynamics, corporate governance reforms, robust earnings, and a weakening yen that benefits exporters. The Bank of Japan, the BOJ, is now considering raising interest rates for the first time since 2007, with Governor Kazuo Ueda weighing longer-term inflation and wage trends in his decision-making process. Despite these anticipated lifelines, Japan's prospects for total economic recovery are slim, thanks to factors such as a declining yen and an aging population. As Japan navigates these challenges, policymakers must address structural issues within the economy, such as labor market reforms and demographic shifts, while also leveraging opportunities in technological innovation and global economic partnerships to foster sustainable growth. Ultimately, Japan's ability to rebound from this recession and regain its economic footing will depend on its ability to adapt to evolving global economic dynamics with effective policy measures. Up next, UK recession puts Sunak under scrutiny. And it's a similar picture over in Europe, as the UK has also slipped into a mild recession. This news has dealt a blow to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's economic promises as GDP declined for two consecutive quarters and missed his pledge to boost the economy. This downturn, although anticipated, adds to concerns about political and economic stability, coinciding with upcoming by-elections. As a result, the pressure is on for the Bank of England, the BOE, to consider rate cuts, despite Governor Andrew Bailey downplaying the recession's significance. Alongside domestic challenges like the cost of living crisis and interest rate hikes, 
global economic weaknesses are contributing to the country's struggles and hitting regular folks in the UK particularly hard. Is there an end in sight? Well, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, is pointing to signs of economic turnaround, including low unemployment and rising wages. However, all sectors are experiencing a decline, with the finance industry serving as the main productivity drag in the country. Amidst these challenges, business investment is showing a slight increase, offering another avenue of hope for economic recovery. Moving on, Barclays Banks on Bold Transformation. And in more big news from the UK this week, Barclays has unveiled a bold overhaul plan pledging to return £110 billion to shareholders, restructure its operations, and cut costs by £2 billion by 2026. In the big picture, Barclays aims to boost its return on tangible equity from 9% in 2023 to over 12% by 2026, as well as increase revenue to £30 billion. To accomplish all this, the bank will reorganize into five divisions, including UK retail banking, corporate banking, private banking, investment banking, and a US consumer bank. Notably, the bank's investment arm seeks to improve returns by expanding across sectors. Additionally, Barclays plans to strengthen its unsecured lending business in the UK and increase market share in trading and prime brokerage. These strategic moves project confidence in the UK's role in global finance, despite the recession news. And lastly, productivity boom powers economic efficiency. Amidst the global backdrop of recessions, restructuring, and potential rate volatility, some Wall Street economists are optimistic about the post-COVID productivity boom, expecting it to continue and drive strong economic growth without inflation. Looking at the data from the past three quarters, productivity growth has surged to an average 3.9%, significantly higher than the pre-pandemic decade. But what does that mean exactly? Well, this elevated productivity is allowing some firms to increase wages without raising prices, creating the perfect conditions for the economic soft landing the Fed has been hoping for. Despite the encouraging trend, policymakers are continuing to emphasize the need for greater confidence in inflation metrics before considering interest rate adjustments. So what's causing this? The surge in productivity is being driven by new factors, including a competitive labor market, development of AI tools, and government investments. Long-term, a sustained productivity surge could benefit individuals through higher wages and support broader global economic growth and stability. So even though we're seeing some signs of economic turbulence this week, let's keep our sights set on the bigger picture. All right, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Fin Weekly. If you enjoyed the episode, I would appreciate a review and please remember to share with your friends. Have a great week and until next time, take care of yourself. Cheers. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. 
One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play App Store today. Thanks again.